Well, folks, welcome to the Sioux Nation podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis, and today I am joined by the illustrious Dr. Mick Harding, also from Sioux Nation Ag Center. And how are we doing today, Mick? So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so really, um, we were going to start out today by talking about spay and heifers. Um, I would say you're definitely a guru on this topic. And for people that don't know what spaying heifers is, we're going to start at the very basic level and work our way up, I guess. Um, what does the process of spaying a heifer entail? And then why would somebody want to do that? Uh, it basically entails just the removal of the ovaries from the animal. Now, there's a couple ways, probably like three that I can think of how it's done. There's, um, It can be go through the side, which is kind of like along lines like a C-section. That's time consuming if you had a handful and uh, you could do it that way. Um, I use a, a tool invented by actually Dr. Willis out in, uh, well, he's he's deceased now several years ago or a couple anyway. Wasn't he from uh, Pressure? River? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's from Pressure, South away. Dakota. Yeah, and he, he invented this tool. He, he went all over Western South Dakota. I've, I've heard helicopter travel. Uh, back in the day, within a bunch of them, and and so that's a tool I use about thirty five an hour, and it's it's uh, one hand enters rectally, and then the tool is inserted vaginally, and and uh, pierced through the vaginal wall, and the the ovaries are cut off, and either most of the time they they remain in the animal. Sure, sure. So the big question for this that might be a con it might be a foreign concept to some people is is what's the advantage to a spade heifer? It's really just uh, it's really a management tool. Um, if you get toward probably more western South Dakota, and there's some up by uh, uh, Watertown along Buffalo Ridge where there's larger tracts of grass, um, what people will do is they have more grass than they have cows or can calve out facility-wise. And so to utilize the, their grass, they, they will take a heifer and we will remove it remove its ovaries or spay them and they're able to graze on grass and it keeps the bulls away. So that's really the purpose of it. Sure. Now, um, is there any advantage to feeding these animals? Do they perform differently on feed than an unspayed heifer? Actually, if you take an intact heifer and a spayed heifer at the same age, the intact heifer will outperform the spayed heifer. Where the spayed heifer gets its advantage is it's run on grass. So hence it comes off grass five months older, half year older. So it has a, an increased capacity just based on frame size. You know, the, the story is the, a lot of people think, oh, a spade heifer will feel, feed like a steer. Um, to a point that's true, but it's if you took that, aunt, that heifer's brother off grass with her, she's not gonna perform like him. So like I said, it's a management tool, but why, why people will like them versus say a, a, a heifer calf that's backgrounded in a feed yard, you can get intakes higher with a spayed animal than one that's been fed. And that's, you know, a nutritionist that balance rations. So a spade heifer just has an increased capacity and most of it's based on her age. Sure, that makes a lot of sense then. So when people talk about spaying heifers, are there specific groups of cattle that seem to go work a little better than others? Or are there any, I guess, contraindications that you can think of uh, before guys, if they're thinking, well, maybe I should spay these heifers and I'm sending out to grass. Maybe you shouldn't because of certain things that you can. Uh, if they're, if they're fat, 
can inc- it makes it tougher to do mm-hmm. uh, to isolate the ovaries and complications can increase. Mm-hmm. And my main complications, it seems like uh, bleeding disorders. Um, you know, there's no lie. No, I'm not gonna lie about it. We do lose one every now and then that just bleeds to death. They they have some sort of clotting disorder, and I think that raises uh, when they're fatter. Another thing is they need to be about a year old, so their so their pelvis size is big enough so I can get in and do my work. I cannot do like a calf born in the fall, and a guy wants to spay it in the spring. It's just I'll physically hurt her. I mean, there's just there's not the the room for it. So those are probably the big deals. You want to keep them quote green, which is thinner. Which makes sense if you're going to want gain on grass, because if they if they go to grass fat, they'll lose weight before they start gaining it back. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, you can get them too big. They're, it depends on the grass area. Um, you know, guys that run a lot of we call, call them yearlings, whether they be steers or spade heifers, um, they know what their grass capacity is. Um, it seems like a lot of people tell you I run heifers on grass, and I don't care what I take them what weight I take them, I can't get them over, say, 850, 900 pounds. Just the way it is. That kind of max out their their growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, same token, if you take one that weighs close to that, you will change their shape, which, again, kind of increases their value, you mm-hmm. know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me, I would say. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it's kind of a dying art, I suppose. There's not a lot of us that do it, and I'm one of the few. I do around seven thousand a year, I suppose. Right. I was gonna now. say you do a, a, just a handful. Yeah, that's least. that's all I do all spring. I haven't pulled a calf, and I don't know how many years, and I haven't stuffed in a uterine prolapse, and I'm like, this is or, or semen tested a bull, mm-hmm. which everybody else is doing, and I I just go do this, and much sure. of it is out western South Dakota. Sure. I mean, you spend Hedinger. I know you spend some time up there. Correct? Yeah, and Hedinger, then- North Dakota. Um, I was in contact with uh, one of the veterinarians there who's, who's an acquaintance of mine, and, and uh, we talked, and I said I would come up and do them for his clinic. Sure. You know, and so that's delved into quite a little, little work from up that way. And you do a, a fairly decent amount, too, just closer to home here. Yeah, I think anymore, most of them are up in, well, one client we do about 3,000 for. So there's half of them, and that's up by Bison, South sure. Dakota. Yeah. You know, so. But, yeah, there's around the around the Chamberlain area, you know, mm-hmm. a couple thousand. And, and now we do some more up and by Summit across, you know, north of Watertown up there. Mm-hmm. That's good grass country up there. And I, sure. I, and it's a matter of if you find somebody to that can spay heifers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, like you say, it's a dying art. I mean, really, realistically, how many people are competent in that job right now? Running, yeah, it's a South pretty Dakota. steep learning curve. I, I think I know of a couple vets, uh, maybe one up by Aberdeen area and one up by Clark. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them do it, but I've I've heard they do. I, how many they do, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a few lay people that run around Montana. I think there's maybe more that do it. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming, and I heard heard there's you know guys in Nebraska. I, I would hate to get maybe twenty of us. Yeah, it's not nationwide. a very big number. And it's- no, no, it's just because well, you got to do it in an area where there's grass. You yeah. Know? Uh, somebody called me in a feed lot and said, "I want some heifer spade. Can you come down and do it so I can put them on feed?" I I won't do it because I don't. I think hey, that's what MGA is made for. That's what you feed MGA for. Absolutely. And Why was- give me the opportunity to cause a mm-hmm. problem? Or if they're thinking about getting sick. 
this will make them sick. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's a stressful procedure on them. Yeah, you know? and that that's a question that I do get from people. Yeah, and that's it's highly stressful, yeah. and I'm not gonna lie. One, I, you know, maybe we lose about one out of 750 or so that that bleed to death, and I don't know where they're gonna be. If I knew who they were, I would not do them, but I don't mm-hmm. find out till after the fact. Sure. Sure. Infection's usually not a, co- a complication, but it it can happen, and it's less than the blood loss. You know, I I've gone to places and done three thousand head and don't lose any. Mm-hmm. I'll go to a guy's place and do ten and lose one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I don't know where they're going to be. Sure, sure, yeah, definitely is something that if uh, if you had a good heads up or a good indication, we'd we'd already be on top of it by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know. Uh, the question that always comes up is, why do you do it? Well, the management part. But if you think about it, if guys are going to run heifers on grass and you know you're, you're a yearling runner on run cattle on grass and you look like when the fall run starts with those calves mm-hmm. and you know you're going to run yearlings on grass and oftentimes the heifer will be a little lighter, obviously, should be, than the steer's. And the, there can be a $30 spread between them. And so you spay them, you run them on grass. Oftentimes in the fall when they get sold, they're within 2 to $5 of a steer. So, I mean, you, you, do, you do upgrade them immediately, mm-hmm. you know, and you got less dollars per head in them. Yeah, yeah. You do have the trade-off with yeah. the biologic but, difference between right. the steer and the heifer, obviously. Right, right. But, but you know, by doing that... I, the, it it does narrow the gap in between the, the heifer and the mm-hmm. and the steer. So we we I'll find some that are already bred. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, you know, and that that happens. Anybody that's fed heifers know that they can be bred. Yeah, yeah, and they can get bred so early. It's oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they can get. I swear, some of them are three months old when they I, get. I know some of them are. Yeah, three months old. It's, you would think it'd never happen, but it does. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I did have one of my own heifers that uh yeah i remember you telling me about yeah, that. She yeah she was and our bull calves all get cut as they hit the ground basically yeah so you basically the bull is uh was out in the pasture with the cows and yeah it's, it's you wouldn't think they'd be able to hold that mature bull but they do yeah no it's amazing so that being the case i mean obviously uh you know it's it shows the importance of yeah, spaying the heifer if you're going to run a lot of heifers out. Right. Of yeah. You know, if you just got a handful, and I don't know how many times I've heard the story. Oh, there's not a bull within miles and miles. Yeah. yeah. And they go to pick up their heifers, take them to the sale barn. There's a bull standing in there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take very long for him to get fifty percent of them. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 pretty good at what they do. I was gonna say I ran into that the other yeah. day at the sale barn, and they were all the exact same age. Yeah, like, exactly. They That's were thirty vague. some in a group, and fifteen ish were bred. And it, I mean, it's almost the reverse. You ask what happened to the bull? Why yeah. Didn't he get <laughs> Instead of <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, at any rate, I suppose. Um, if people are interested in this topic, would be the best way to all I have get to do is just get just get a hold of Sue Nation. Anybody they'll they'll know who does it and they'll direct them to me. And I usually uh, my right hand man out in Kimball kind of does our scheduling and mm-hmm. and he goes with me. And uh, you know people ask the cost. We're usually around seven bucks a head. Mm-hmm. Like to throw a spay tag in them. That, that's it's uh, it's a blue clip. Looks mm-hmm. like a bangs tag only it's blue. Mm-hmm. It identify it's an official ID. Identifies me. Mm-hmm. as the person who did it. 
Um, if you sell them, people recognize that blue clip. They know exactly what they're getting mm-hmm. because that says I've represented them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I recommend that. Uh, another thing I was thinking is, you know, uh, I know some places that that will stock yearlings in, rent their grass out, and so people can run their yearlings in will only accept a spade heifer. Sure. They're, they tend to be more content on grass. Mm-hmm. Then st- a steer will still roam and go mm-hmm. go look for something. Uh, or heifer, they just eat grass. They mm-hmm. really they uh, tend to be more content. Never mm-hmm. run them myself, but that's the reports that people say. Sure, sure. Well, sounds good. Well, uh, once again, thank you for taking the time to stop by, Mick, and uh, educating our audience on span heifers and For all you folks out there that are listening today, we really appreciate you taking the time to stop by and listen to what's going on here. And y'all take care now, folks.